Hi, and welcome to episode 53 of Neil Before Odd. I'm Audrey Kearns, your host, and thanks for listening wherever and whenever you are. In this episode, I chat with prolific television, film, and commercial director Robert Lieberman. To date, he's won 29 Clio Awards, two Directors Guild of America Awards, and that doesn't include the many other nominations and his many other awards. He's directed many genre movies and series, including The X-Files, Earthsea, The Dead Zone, Haven, Lost Girl, and Falling Skies. Recently, Robert was nominated for Best Director in a Dramatic Series by the Directors Guild of Canada for his work on the hit sci-fi series, The Expanse. Now, we talk about his nerdy origins in Buffalo, New York, his journey into the arts, and of course, we talk about The Expanse. Some of my favorite parts of this episode are when we talk about world building. I am such a geek for thoughtful and well-executed world building, so it was such a joy to hear him talk about that specifically in reference to Ursula K. Le Guin's Earthsea and also The Expanse. Turns out in the latter, he had an enormous influence on how we as viewers see the Earthers, Martians, and the Belters in the series. There's also the most amazing anecdote about Jared Harris and Thomas Jane working together on The Expanse. You will absolutely love it. Now, don't forget to check out geekgirlauthority.com for all your pop and geek culture news. I am so lucky to have a talented group of contributors on the site, and I know you'd love their work. Also, head on over to iTunes or Blog Talk Radio to give Neil Before Odd a rating and a review if you are so inclined. I'd be ever so grateful for your support of this podcast. All right, for now, enjoy your walk, your workout, your commute, your cleaning as you listen to episode 53 of Neil Before Odd with guest Robert Lieberman. Internet, heed this call. Open your minds and ears and prepare yourselves to Neil Before Odd. Welcome to Neil Before Odd. I'm your host, Audrey Kearns, and today I have with me director Robert Lieberman. He's an accomplished and prolific director in film and television. He's won 29 Clio Awards and two DGA Awards, and that doesn't even include the many nominations and his many other awards. And recently, Robert was nominated for Best Director in a Dramatic Series by the Directors Guild of Canada for his work on the hit sci-fi series, The Expanse. Thanks for joining me, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to be with you. Excellent. And congratulations on that DGC nomination. That's amazing. Thank you very much. It's uh, it's quite an honor, and I'm, it was unexpected. And uh, I've been uh, fil- filming as a Canadian director uh, since 2008. Nice. And so uh, I'm a permanent resident of uh, Toronto, Ontario, and it was, uh, this is quite a recognition for me. I'm honored. Well, that's great. That, that, that's absolutely fantastic. Now, I start all my interviews with the question, what is your nerd origin story? So I want to know what you're most geeky about and how that started. So, Rob, what is your nerd origin story? Well, first of all, it's probably too vast to tell. <laughs> Aren't they all? <laughs> to, to summarize it, <clears throat> I started life as a nerd. I was a kind of a math smart head, nice. eggheady nice. kind of goofy guy in high school. Uh, tried to be social, but was really kind of, you know, the tape around the glasses kind of guy. And um, 
Uh, it took me many years to blossom out of that, by the <laughs> way. And I still, I still carry around a bunch of that. But I, was, I, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, which is really, really a working-class town. It's a blue-collar town. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, I, um, and I was interested in the arts <clears throat> and in science. So I, I didn't fit in very well in the city I grew up in because I was a, kind of sided towards a more sensitive artistic side of my humanity. Right. And, um, and I, even though I excelled in math and all my high school uh, count, guidance counselors re- recommended based on my uh, performances on, uh, you know, testing that I go into engineering uh-huh. Uh, that was like the fur- furthest thing from anything I wanted to do. <laughs> I wanted to paint. I wanted to write music. I wanted to play music. I wanted to make films. And so um, becoming a director really was a, a wonderful career for me because it blended the right and left side of my brain. And it was able to, I was able to, um, uh, to make film is, is, you know, obviously there's this kind of nonlinear creative thing that goes on, but there's also a highly technical thing that goes on that if you're adept at that, right. you have more tools avail- tools available to you to paint with. That that you're, you're you're absolutely right. Having you're working both sides of those brains, and um, just I feel you as a fellow nerd because I was president of the math club in high school. There you go. But then I went and got a degree in theater in college, so I also did the opposite of what my parents wanted and what my counselors told me as well. <laughs> it's so it's so interesting the you know life paths that take you and, and it's it, what basically interests you in, in, innately. You know, it's yeah. like what is your core interest? Right. And my core interest is always creative. Mm-hmm. Being creative, did any you, form of creativity. Did you uh, in Buffalo? Did you get to do, um, or did you get to go to any any theater? Did you get started on that in high school? Or I we- started my whole kind of theatrical thing in theater. I was in a uh, touring company, Summer Stock, mm-hmm. of the King and I. Wow! I mean, so when I was eleven years old, my mother said to me, "Would you be interested in doing this or having open auditions?" And I went, "Yeah, I would." And I went into a room full of probably three, four hundred kids, and uh, I was ushered into a room, and I sang my audition song, which was um, uh, "How About You." Nice. Uh, I like New York, I, I like New York in June. How about you? <laughs> I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? Anyways, so I was a fairly precocious guy, and uh, amazingly, I got the I got the role. So I got bit at eleven. Very. I was doing high, uh, school plays and and uh, other forms of theater, and then I started working in local theaters uh, in Buffalo. I couldn't get enough of it, uh, and then uh, and I love to this very day. I just adore theater. I use theater actually to recharge my batteries as a film director because I find directing theater to be so much more challenging than directing film. Film, mm-hmm. you can just point a camera at anything and make people believe that it is what it is because it is what it is. I, I completely agree. Like, yeah. You know, but when you're sitting in a room and you know you're sitting in a room and you're looking at a stage and you can see that it's just a stage with some cutouts on it, with some people in costumes talking to create the illusion with that is genius. So I, I go, I make a sojourn once a year to either London or New York, New York. It's usually about a 10 day trip. And in 10 days, I see 10 plays. I love so, that. Um, and, and seriously, I, it, I come back to the film business 
with like a renewed energy of creativity because I've watched what people did with nothing. Right. I, I totally agree. I love, you know, because that sometimes um, like in, in, in plays where like I love either doing plays or seeing plays where the set is more minimalist just because it requires right. imagination, not only from the actors, it's hard work for the actors and the directors and, and everybody, but it also requires a job from the audience too. And being enveloped in that world that you're net, that's never going to be done the same way twice is truly inspiring. So I totally get going back to the well on that. That's, that's great that you're able to, to do that. There, there was a play that I saw a, a few years back in, um, in London called Feston, mm -hmm. F-E-S-T-O-N, which was a, uh, a, film, a, a stage adaptation of a dogma film called Celebration, hmm. and which was amazing because how often do you adapt movies to stage? It usually goes the other way around. Right. At any rate, um, it's about a family reunion, and in the movie, they, they, they take over a resort, and they all have all the brothers and sisters have their own rooms. Well, in the theater, there was no way to do that. They would have to build multiple sets and have to change them often. And so what they did is they just put a bed in the middle of the stage with a bare light bulb hanging above it. And that was everybody's room. I love and it. Everybody walked, and and these, these characters would come into the, like one husband and wife would come in and they'd start a conversation. And then another husband and wife would come in and start their conversation. And you'd have three or four conversations going on between those two individual two people in the same space. It was brilliant. Oh, Absolutely brilliant. I love that. I love that. That just makes me happy hearing about it. Um, okay, so we have to talk about The Expanse. Um, but before that, I, I you just said you're a nerd, so you may have already answered my question here. Um, you've done a lot of genre shows. I mean, you, your resume is amazing, but in them, I, I saw in the resume, I saw um, X Files, Earthsea, Dead Zone, Lost Girl, Haven, Ascension, and Falling Skies, just to name a few. So, um, were you you're a science fiction fantasy fan before you got to work on these series? But is that exciting to you, or is this just work? These are just jobs I'm getting to. Uh, oh no, no, the the, the former. It, yeah. it, is, it is enormously energi energizing and exciting it's it's the most exciting for me yeah is to be be able to create worlds that didn't exist to go to places that don't exist um it's it's just that is the most challenging and the most rewarding i can only imagine and then um were you like before earth sea were you a fan of ursula k Le Guin? i love her i've read quite a few of her books I was, I yeah. was definitely, and I, that that was probably the biggest challenge of uh, of my genre career. Yeah, uh, because yeah. because she defines those different islands, mm -hmm. but really not specifically. So it's you you know that one is a magical island and one is an agricultural island. But I had to I I methodically went through each of those areas and graphed them out so that they all had a certain wardrobe. They all had a certain language way of talking. They all had a, a raison d'etre. Uh, you know, for instance, one island was just farmers. And mm -hmm. so they, and then another one, and it would, and it, it, it spanned periods. You know, it, it, it we, uh, the, the magical island was Dickens, Dickinsonian, you know, or Dickensian. I mean, uh, it was, um, completely a different period than others that were like serfs, you know, like yeah, from another yeah. period. 
That it's that's so Ooh. cool. It must be so so fun. I mean, one of the uh, things I love about science fiction and fantasy is world building. So that must have been so gratifying and exciting and hard for 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 you to do. It's it's I I, I get into the into the weeds. You know, I, yeah, I really get yeah. into the deep. I create. I actually created. I went through fonts. I mean, I seriously went through fonts for like days wow. and picked out aisle of font for each of these islands. That's fantastic. Well, you know what? And that all pays off when, when, when a viewer is seeing the whole package, they may not pick up on um, these little things that you did, but that's a good thing because they're enjoying the entire world. And yeah. So the, well, they, they, they shouldn't, they shouldn't pick up those it, things. Exactly. They, it be, if it's yeah. done correctly, they shouldn't pick up Correct. on them. Right. So uh, speaking of world you building, shouldn't be able to check out the direct, you shouldn't be able to pick out the direction or define the direction. It should mm-hmm. just be a story that's been told to you that you're engrossed in. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. I love that. So uh, The Expanse, which is uh, based on a series of books called by James S. Corey, which of course is the pseudonym for Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank. So I've read all the books that had been released before the show aired on sci-fi. I'm caught up on everything now. I'm assuming that uh, you've read the books too. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. They're, they were. I was uh, very inspired to work on the series. I, I made an extra special effort to get booked on it. Yeah, and talk about world building in this one. I mean, you came in the middle of season one with a world as incredibly complex as the expanses. I assume that the production had already spent quite some time on world building. So um, what did you do? How did you adapt to what they had done so far? And how did you help with the future of the series? <laughs> Well, what happened was uh, I, uh, I, you know, to catch up because it's a, a series is a moving train and you got to jump on. Right. But when you jump on, you got to know where all the characters came from and where they're going. And uh, and so I, I, I watched all the earlier episodes that had been finished. And then I watched some edits of the earlier episodes. And when I came on the show, <clears throat> I took a meeting with the uh, showrunner, Narain Shankar, and uh, uh, uh a couple of the other executive producers, and I, uh, I, 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 this is exactly how the conversation went. I said, um, listen, um, I'm a director, so I have a big mouth and <laughs> my own personal thoughts. And so, but I also am very thick skinned. So um, I'm going to say some things to you. And if you don't like them, you won't hurt my feelings, seriously. <laughs> and, and they said, go ahead, fire away. I said, <clears throat> I'll be honest with you. This is not the show that I had envisioned when I read the books. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And I thought I was going to get really chastised for that <laughs> on some level. And, and the, 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 the two of them went, neither did we. <laughs> what? I, I was like a breath of fresh air. They went, I said, I always thought, the, when I read the books, I thought that this was closer to like Blade Runner or the original Alien, like where the future was really the present just a little bit further down the line. But it's nothing's new. It's right. all used and bent and and stained and 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 threadbare and and rusty and you know I mean when you think I mean the game changer for me was Ridley Scott's Alien. That was the first time anyone looked at outer space as a, and it was a it was a garbage hauler right. you know, as a junky junky place to live. You know up until then it was all Star Trek. Right. Everything was polished floors and very you know, clean. Uh, uh, milk plexi walls and you know it was all this kind of thx kind of stuff and it's um and so i said when i read the expanse i thought it 
it, it should be grungy. It should be like dirty and mm-hmm. especially with the Thomas Jane character. And I, I it just, so anyways, they completely agreed with me. They said that, that uh, unfortunately it had taken off in the wrong direction. They couldn't steer it around. But if I wanted to roll up my sleeves and make some recommendations, they would stand behind me. So I really uh, uh, had meetings. I had meetings with the production designer who I had a great deal of respect for. Except he came out of a very design background. Right, right. Everything was very designed, you know. And my visceral sense of space is the space station, you know. It's capsules. It's, you know, uh, real estate and space is is at a premium. So everything is packed into walls and little cubby holes and tied to the ceiling and tied to the floor. And, you know, there's no – and these sets had, like, huge expanses where you could walk – you know, for five minutes from one end of the set to the other end of the set. I said, I think that's too much oxygen to fill that up. It's I too can, much space. I completely agree, you know, because uh, that is fascinating. And I'm so glad you got to have that conversation with them because, I mean, it's a big point in the books that belters use every single inch. Every There's not a wasted inch on their ships just because right. it's their life and and things have been fixed and then fixed again and then fixed again and then fixed again and then they start to then they're basically duct taped together after a while you know it's a hard life yeah that's a very, that's a very key word for me duct tape yeah so because I, I i then went on to say i went on to say that i i really would like these sets to be you know think brazil think wiring <laughs> ducting yeah. you know just Things falling apart, bags hanging off of walls, dirty, uh, rusty. In fact, they had found for a new uh, spacecraft, they had found a used uh, old seat out of a jet, uh, military jet. Oh wow! And it was sitting right. It was sitting right in the middle. I don't know if you remember the episode that had the Zinglong on it. Yes. Which was the the guys that uh, 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 I think it's the one I'm nominated for actually, um, where they're they're actually mining asteroids for minerals. Right, right. Mateo and uh, yeah, yeah. I forget. The that's other. right. That's yeah. right. So that's the that was the first set that I had my say about. Yeah. And sitting in the middle of it, the uh, the uh, set de- decorator had gotten this this chair, and I gathered the entire company around we went on a set recce a walk around and i got everybody around this chair and i said you see this chair everybody and they said yeah i said the whole show should look like this chair <laughs> and, and so- actually i looked at the, the 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 everybody was giving me a thumbs up thumbs up and if you remember that set if you go back and look at that series up until that zinglong everything was had big rooms with squared right. off walls right everything was kind of very, very cubicle. And this thing didn't. It was rounded off. It was packed in. There was no room to move. It was and grungy with things hanging, dark gray. It was, it was completely different. And that became the template moving forward for the show. Oh, that's so, I so felt, awesome. I felt, yeah, I felt like I made my contribution. I felt very, very satisfied well yeah because that design element has 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 stuck with it that that's fantastic and even in your the two episodes you directed in season two i think what was it the monster in the rocket perhaps it was that one where um their ship the one that they're trying to evacuate the belters on that was also a ship that was just seemed to be barely holding it together you know and that's very important you know there, there needs to be a difference between a belter ship and an mcrn ship and a UN ship, you know, there's, they've, Absolutely. yeah, no question about it. So, um, so that's great that you collaborated with a 
writers and producers and your thoughts became part of the life of the show. I love it. Um, I'm curious. So you collaborated with them. And now you also said earlier that you're from a theater background. So how do you collaborate with, with the actors? Well, ostensibly, uh, I started in theater. I started as an actor in theater, as yeah. I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And then I went on to direct theater, and I was a theater major at university because they didn't have a film department. So I created the film department, That's great. which now is like 30 years old. <laughs> but I was the first person in the history of the University of Buffalo to graduate with a Bachelor of Arts in film. That's great. And I, Because I, I created an independent study program, and they helped me create it because they wanted a pilot program in the arts department to get a film department going. That film department is now like over 30 years old and has had hundreds and thousands of graduates from it. So, um, wow. but I started it, you know, it's, it's the mother in necessity is the mother of invention. And so I didn't, I didn't care for the theater department at the university of Buffalo. And so I, and I was an avid film buff. And so I just said, this is the impossible dream. I, when I lived in Buffalo, I didn't know anybody who'd ever been to California. Forget about people who've been in the business or lived there. I never met anybody that I that I knew of that had ever even traveled there. Huh. So I was as far from Hollywood as a human being can get. I lived in a, my I studied in a coal bin in a basement of a little house on Avery Street in Buffalo. We were poor people, and and I thought, what am I going to strive for in this lifetime? I, 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 better, I, want, I want to go for the impossible dream. So I, I, I decided the, the thing I would most want to do, the dream, the impossible dream, would be to direct motion pictures. And, and, uh, and, I, and the theory was that if you aim for the highest thing you can aim for, which you're probably not going to get, um, if you fall short of it, you're going to fall a whole lot further up than you would if you aim for the middle someplace. So, That's true. Um, so, I, I mean, I came out ostensibly with the dream of winning an Oscar. That mm-hmm. was my dream. And to direct, I, I've directed nine motion pictures, but, I, but none of them became massive hits. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> but that was my dream. And now I have two sons, both going into the business. One graduated from Columbia last year, uh, cum laude, and he's a film director, a fledgling film director as we speak. The other one's a senior at Northwestern. And he's going into uh, the, the, the entertainment business as well as a director of comedy, writer of comedy. And I said to my, the older of those two sons, I said, listen, I carried the water from Buffalo to Hollywood. It's going to be up to you to carry the water the rest of the way. Oh, that's great. And I said, and I said listen, my dream was to, it was to win an Academy Award, but nothing, and I mean it, nothing would make me happier in my life than to be sitting in the audience when you win yours. Oh, that's great. That's great motivation and advice for your kids. I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. Well, I, tell people, I tell people, I, you know, I, I, I have this little routine I do, which is I say to someone, I say, uh, uh, do you have any idea who Abraham Lincoln's father was, what he did, <laughs> who he was, what his name was? No. How about Freud? Do you know who Sigmund Freud's father was? <gasps> How about Pablo Picasso? Picasso, do you know who his father was? That's me. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to steal that from you when I'm talking to my, my, my kid. <laughs> I love it. That's me. I'm, I'm just here as a conduit for my two sons to become yeah. famous. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get to enjoy the spoils of it. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> I had a, um, we, on my website, Geek Girl Authority, we do recaps and we've 
we've done uh, many stories on The Expanse that get quite a bit of traffic. Even sometimes the writers from The Expanse comment on it. So I asked uh, my contributor who does the recaps if she had any questions for you, and she has one. She asked me to ask you, what was it like directing the scene in The Monster and the Rocket, which was the penultimate episode last season, where massive amounts of people are swarming to evacuate Ganymede? And was it difficult controlling a crowd in a small space? Uh, yes, it is somewhat difficult. Uh, it takes a lot of planning. Uh, you have to really, it, it actually looks like a lot more people than they could afford. <laughs> so you have to, you have to multitask lots of people who you might not notice are in the way in the background of one shot and in the foreground of the other shot. Um, they, you're working with limited numbers of people actually to make it look like a crowd. Exactly. It, I, I did a, a four-hour CBS miniseries called The Titanic. Yes. So I've, I've had my fair share of experience working with crowds and evacuating. And, you know, I actually looked at that episode as The Titanic um, and tried to stage it similarly to the way I staged The Titanic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was women and children first, the elderly, blah, blah, blah. In, in this case, it was actually... Uh, women and children, but the elderly were excluded, which is interesting because they had their shelf life had come to an end, right. and they wanted to save the younger ones, uh, which is was I thought you know a real interesting perspective. Um, it was it was a, a very very satisfying experience uh, to say the least, uh, creating that. Uh, what's more, most important to me in any genre and anything I do is the story of the people. Right. It's always a story. You know, you can paint whatever you want in background and, and wardrobe and all that stuff, but ultimately it comes down to the writing, acting, and the story of human relationships. And that story was really, really compelling. That was a very compelling story. Yes, it was. Um, and and, and um, you, you really got to know who... Uh, you, you've been getting to know the Belters, but that scene where they choose who's going to go on the ship and who's not totally defined them as a culture and as a, as a race, basically, you know, sending uh, where even the guy, the muscle who was like the, the bouncer who was keeping people back when he made his speech, it was, it was, you know, brought tears to my eyes and then sending the kids in first and then equally sending men and women in the younger ones, because that's where they've gotten as a culture, men and women are equal. And we're going to this is these are the people we're going to save, and everybody seems so resigned to okay, we're the ones staying on Ganymede. We're doing this to save our future. It was it was a great episode, Robert. Thank you, and and, and you really get into the heart of Naomi. Yes, you know, I, I mean, yes. She's. I, I found her performance to be outstanding and very very moving and touching. Uh, that she had to go, uh, you know. Uh, stab her partner to paralyze him so she could go and defy the rules of opening mm-hmm. the door, you know, and, um, and, and was brave enough to face on, you know, take on the masses and, uh, and then to have to leave her partner, the guy you were talk- talking about, the yeah. big guy to have to leave him behind, I thought was just heart wrenching. It was uh, congratulations on that. I mean, you've, you've actually, I mean, you've had all, 
episodes are important, but I mean, you had Back to the Butcher where you had to basically explain how that legend came about, how the Butcher of Anderson Station came about. So um, my hat's off to you in, in helping create how we see the belters and the difference where, where they've actually become three races, you know, the Earth race, Mars race and Mars race and, and, and the belter race. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I know we're. Oh, go ahead. No, okay. I know we're um, getting uh, to the end of our, our, our time here. Um, I did have just a couple more questions for you. I just wanted to know if you ever say like fanboy out. Like when I was watching uh, The Expanse, I was super excited whenever Jared Harris came on the screen just because he is so amazing to me. Do you at, when you're directing, do you ever fanboy or does that happen later? No, it's, it was it was I. I what I tell people is I say, well, what, what's, what's the most exciting part about directing? Mm-hmm. And the most exciting part about directing is that you're the, one of the few people that get to see it performed live. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. Everybody else has to see it on film. You get to sit there and actually watch the person do it. Yeah. It's quite amazing. And, you know, and when you're making a movie, if it takes place in Rome, you're actually in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that, that is a neighborhood theater. So it's, it's, it, that's the exciting part. So to watch um, Jared Harris work with Thomas Jane, um, I'm going to tell you an anecdote about that. Um, uh, the, the, the major scene where he gets kidnapped yeah. and then has to give his big speech about killing his sister in the tunnels. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, it, it was an extraordinarily long scene, about four pages, and it, and and uh, Narain Shankar wanted it shot in this little cubbyhole of a room, and I thought, nah, it's going to be boring, man. You're going to be stuck in this room for like four or five minutes, I, I, you know. And I picked another location that I wanted to do it. Narain said, no, I want it done in this little room, and he was so spot on. Yeah. So uh, we go in, it, it turns out that the, the, the writer, uh, Mark Fergus and his partner, Hawk Osby, who are the guys who really wrote the pilot and created the template for all the mm-hmm. writing of the show. And their credits are like children of men, which is one Iron of my favorite man. children. Of Men's one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. And these guys, these guys are like stars. I mean, mm-hmm. just being around them is an honor. It's just a pure honor. Wow. Anyways, um, they had written that scene between Jared Harris and, and Thomas Jane. And Thomas read it, and he didn't like it mm-hmm. because he didn't get to do it in it. And it was all Jared Harris. And so, so Mark went back, and he rewrote it to give Thomas more speeches. Right. And when Jared, Harris, when Jared Harris read it, he hated it. So what happened to my big speech here? How come he's doing this? So he goes back and he rewrites it again to give Jared Harris back his stuff. And as you can expect, Thomas Jane is completely upset again. So now, now Mark Fergus comes to me and says, should I rewrite it again? I said, no, stop rewriting it. Right. Here's what we should do. On the day of the shoot, we're going to shut down the set at the beginning at call time. We're going to put these two guys in the room, like put them in the octagon and let the two actors battle it out. Right. And so we brought in these two actors and I said, okay, guys, here's the deal. Jared, you're unhappy with it this way. And Thomas, you're unhappy with it that way. 
uh, I think you guys should discuss it. And they discussed it for two and a half hours. What? Okay? Wow. Of my, shoot, of my shoot time, I just sat there. I didn't say a word for two and a half hours while these guys haggled back and forth. And, and I remember what a Thomas James line said. Let me get something perfectly straight with you, Jared. I'm not going to sit here and watch you work. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> they haggled it out. And ended up with that scene, which is my, one of my favorite things I've ever done. <laughs> it is. It's a fantastic scene. On a, on a side note to that, I'm just curious. Um, it's what a great solution you had. But um, is that kind of like a battle of the egos? Because to me, what, one of the things I love, like especially in theater, is it's, it's hard to listen. It's hard to listen. That, that is acting. But it kind of seems like that. When, when, when I teach, that's what I say. Yeah. That's part of my that's part of the lesson is that the real acting, if you want to see the real acting, don't look at the person talking. Look at the people who are listening. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that, that's fascinating. What a great solution you had. You had to well, I, use two and a half hours of your you time. Know, you just have to let them go at it. You know, yeah. it's just it's something they have to work out. Besides which, they had some. Uh, uh, some uh, 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 they didn't particularly care for each other. They, just, I, right. they didn't like each other. Right. <clears throat> Thomas Jane it's, is, a, is an acquired taste. Mm -hmm. um, I learned to really love the guy eventually, but it didn't start out very well. Right. And uh, <clears throat> he's just a really quirky, great actor. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I wanted to continue that because in the uh, film directing starts at, at, at the at the table read, right. Okay. It starts at the table read. I did a movie called Table for Five, and Richard Crenna and John Voight are not supposed to like each other. Not one time we traveled the the world for sixty days, and they never broke bread together. I made wow. sure they never had dinner. Interesting. Because I didn't want them to have to act that they didn't like each other. Just don't like each other. Just make it's them not similar. like each other. <laughs> I love so it. I did the same thing with Barrett Harris and, and, and Thomas Jane. They yeah. didn't care for each other. They're not supposed to They're care for each other. They're not supposed to. So, yeah. So let's not warm that up. Let's not warm that up. Let's make sure they don't like each other, even offset. I, I <laughs> Thank you for sharing that anecdote. I love it. I love it. And that was um, a great scene, by the way, that whole story about uh, That's his what sister. I'm nominated yeah. for. That, that That's is the episode. Well, there you go. I mean, it, with that, that one had me and my husband on our feet. Some, we get really into our shows, and sometimes we stand up and go scream. So that one was really, really, <laughs> really, 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 really good. Um, so we're about out of time. So I, I'll uh, ask one more question of you. You know, since uh, I loved that your nerd origin story is that you're actually – a nerd. That makes me very happy. Um, are there any sci-fi worlds out there that you'd like to create from any books, or is there anything out there from your own mind that you want to create? Yes. I, I'm actually writing it now. <clears throat> and I decided, I started to write it as a, a, a TV series. And then I decided, now I'm going to write it as a YA novel. Oh, cool. And it's, it, it's, it's called Meet the Applebee's. And it sounds like an all-American thing, like meet the Applebee's, but it's not Applebee's, it's Applebee's. And the P-U stands for plutonium, and the B-E stands for beryllium. So it's... Um, <laughs> I love it. And it, 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 it's, it's a story uh, it's, uh, of... Um, uh, uh, you know what walk-ins are, right? So this is a whole family of walk-ins that live in middle America, um, and are were 
They, they've left their planet, which was at war, to save the pr crown prince. And uh -huh. so now the crown prince is stuck on Earth in the body of a kind of a nerdy, game-playing, goofy junior high school kid. I love it. So he's, so he's got to figure his way out of that. He doesn't even know that he's not from this planet until he gets he, the, the bully at school starts picking fights with him. And, uh, and, and he gets into, he gets called to the office and in the middle of the night, his, his supposed mother and father, who are really the palace guards walk into this husband and wife, <laughs> um, call him into their bedroom and say to him, you know, Garth, you can't be doing this. He says, well, why not? He said, cause we're not from here. And that's the first clue he gets that he's not an earthling. I love it. I love it. And you're writing this as a screenplay or as a YA novel? Oh, I'm writing it as a YA novel. Oh, that's exciting. I, I, well, best of luck on that. I can't wait. I'll be the first one to read that for you, <laughs> for sure. Oh, great. <laughs> well, Rob, thank you so much for uh, chatting with me and getting so in-depth about, you know, theater and, and, and The Expanse. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck to you and congratulations on that nomination. Well, thank you very much, and best of luck with your continued success with your uh, your podcast and your website. Ah, thank you so much. Take care. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Bye. Supplicants, you may now rise. The merciful odd has chosen to spare you. Please exit the internet to your left. <laughs>